Hello and welcome to Sound Sleep. Thank you all so much for coming back to listen. And to all of you who are here for the first time, welcome and thanks. I do hope you enjoy this story. Before we begin with the ad-supported episode, I'd like to let you know about our listener-supported feed. For less than $1 a week, you can hear all of these episodes, plus more, ad-free and without interruption. Each month, there are two bonus episodes that are only available on this premium feed. So if any of this sounds interesting to you, you can find information at soundsleeppodcast.com or just look in the show notes for details. And now, this story gave me a lot of chuckles. Because I think I do like the underdog story. We all know someone who is perhaps underestimated and maybe that even is you so I think we'll all relate to our character Moschione in The Simpleton even more stories to listen to and fall asleep with. Check out one of my favorites, Dreamful. Jordan has an amazing selection of the best stories and perfectly pairs them with music that she personally selects. You'll be snoozing in no time to pride and prejudice the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Or you could easily get hooked on her 12-part Constellation series. Check out Dreamful wherever you listen to podcasts. Take a few deep breaths, feeling the breath move in and out of your body. As you close your eyes, allow your mind to wander to a peaceful countryside setting. Imagine yourself driving along a winding road surrounded by lush green fields and rolling hills. The sun is shining and a warm breeze flows through the open car windows. As you continue on your journey, 
take in all of the sights and sounds around you. Notice the wildflowers blooming along the side of the road, and the birds singing in the trees. Feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, and the gentle rocking of the car as you drive. As you come to a stop at a scenic overlook, take a moment to appreciate the breathtaking view. Take in the vast expanse of the landscape and allow yourself to feel a sense of awe and wonder at the beauty of nature. Take another deep breath in and exhale. As we begin our story, continue with a few more deep breaths, preparing your mind and body to be ready for a peaceful and sound sleep. The Simpleton There lived, once upon a time, a man who was as rich as he could be. But as no happiness in this world is ever quite complete, he had an only son who was such a simpleton that he could barely add two and two together. At last, his father determined to put up with his stupidity no longer, and giving him a purse full of gold, he sent him off to seek his fortune in foreign lands, mindful of the adage, how much a fool that sent to Rome excels a fool that stays at home. Moschione, for this was the youth's name, mounted a horse and set out for Venice, hoping to find a ship there that would take him to Cairo. After he had ridden for some time, he saw a man standing at the foot of a poplar tree and said to him, What's your name, my friend? Where do you come from? And what can you do? The man replied, My name is Quick as Thought. I come from Fleet Town. And I can run like lightning. I should like to see you, returned Maschioni. Just wait a minute then, said Quick as Thought, and I will soon show you that I am speaking the truth. The words were hardly out of his mouth when a young doe ran right across the field they were standing in. Quick as Thought let her run on a short distance in order to give her a start, and then pursued her so quickly and so lightly that you could not have tracked his footsteps if the field had been strewn with flour. 
In a very few springs, he had overtaken the doe and had so impressed Moschione with his fleetness of foot that he begged quick as thought to go with him, promising at the same time to reward him handsomely. Quick as thought agreed to his proposal, and they continued on their journey together. They had hardly gone a mile when they met a young man, and Moschione stopped and asked him, What's your name, my friend? Where do you come from, and what can you do? The man, thus addressed, answered promptly, I am called Hare's Ear. I come from Curiosity Valley. And if I lay my ear on the ground, without moving from the spot, I can hear everything that goes on in the world, the plots and intrigues of court and cottage, and all the plans of mice and men. If that's the case, replied Maschioni, just tell me what's going on in my own home at present. The youth laid his ear to the ground, and at once reported, an old man is saying to his wife, Heaven be praised that we have got rid of Moschione, for perhaps when he has been out in the world a little, he may gain some common sense and return home less of a fool than when he set out. Enough, enough, cried Moschione. You speak the truth, and I believe you. Come with us, and your fortune's made. The young man consented and after they had gone about ten miles, they met a third man, to whom Moschione said, What's your name, my brave fellow? Where were you born, and what can you do? The man replied, I am called Hit the Point. I come from the city of Perfect Aim and I draw my bow so exactly that I can shoot a pea off a stone. I should like to see you do it if you have no objection, said Moschione. The man at once placed a pea on a stone, and drawing his bow, he shot it in the middle with the greatest possible ease. When Moschione saw that he had spoken the truth, he immediately asked Hit the Point to join his party. After they had all traveled together for some days, they came upon a number of people who were digging a trench in the blazing sun. Moschione felt so sorry for them that he said, My dear friends, how can you endure working so hard in heat that would cook an egg in a minute. But one of the workmen answered, We are as fresh as daisies, for we have a young man among us who blows on our backs like the west wind. Let me see him, said Moschione. The youth was called, and Moschione asked him, What's your name? Where do you come from and what can you do? He answered, I am called Blow Blast. I come from Windtown. 
and with my mouth I can make any winds you please. If you wish a west wind, I can raise it for you in an instant. But if you prefer a north wind, I can blow these houses down before your eyes. Seeing is believing, returned the cautious Maschioni. Blowblast at once began to convince him of the truth of his assertion. First, he blew so softly that it seemed like the gentle breeze at evening, and then he turned round and raised such a mighty storm that he blew down a whole row of oak trees. When Maschioni saw this, he was delighted, and begged Blowblast to join his company. And as they went on their way, they met another man, whom Maschioni addressed as usual. What's your name? Where do you come from and what can you do? I am called Strongback. I come from Powerborough, and I possess such strength that I can take a mountain on my back, and it seems a feather to me. If that's the case, said Maschioni, you are a clever fellow, but I should like some proof of your strength. Then Strongback loaded himself with great boulders of rock and trunk of trees, so that a hundred wagons could not have taken away all that he carried on his back. When Maschioni saw this, he prevailed on Strongback to join his troop and they all continued their journey till they came to a country called Flower Vale. Here, there reigned a king whose only daughter ran as quickly as the wind and so lightly that she could run over a field of young oats without bending a single blade. The king had given out a proclamation that anyone who could beat the princess in a race should have her for a wife, but that all who failed in the competition should lose their head. As soon as Maschioni heard of the royal proclamation, he hastened to the king and challenged the princess to race with him. But on the morning appointed for the trial, he sent word to the king that he was not feeling well, and that as he could not run himself, he would supply someone to take his place. It's just the same to me, said Cantonella, the princess. Let anyone come forward that likes. I am quite prepared to meet him. At the time appointed for the race, the whole place was crowded with people, anxious to see the contest. And punctual to the moment, quick as thought, and Cantonella, dressed in a short skirt and very lightly shod, appeared at the starting point. Then a silver trumpet sounded, and the two rivals started on their race, looking for all the world, like a greyhound chasing a hare. But quick as thought, true to his name, outran the princess. And when the goal was reached, the people, and when the goal was reached, 
the people all clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the stranger! Cantonella was much depressed by her defeat. But, as the race had to be run a second time, she determined she would not be beaten again. Accordingly, she went home and sent quick as thought a magic ring, which prevented the person who wore it not only from running, but even from walking, and begged that he would wear it for her sake. Early next morning, the crowd assembled on the race course, and Cantonella and Quick as Thought began their trial afresh. The princess ran as quickly as ever, but poor Quick as Thought was like an overloaded donkey and could not go a step. Then, hit the point, who had heard all about the princess's deception from Hare's ears. When he saw the danger his friend was in, seized his bow and arrow, and shot the stone out of the ring quick as thought was wearing. In a moment, the youth's legs became free again, and in five bounds he had overtaken Cantonella and won the race. The king was much disgusted when he saw that he must acknowledge Moschione as his future son-in-law, and summoned the wise men of his court to ask if there was no way out of the difficulty. The council at once decided that Cantonella was far too daintly a morsel for the mouth of such a traveling tinker and advised the king to offer Moschione a present of gold, which no doubt a beggar like him would prefer to all the wives in the world. The king was delighted at this suggestion, and calling Moschione before him, he asked him what sum of money he would take instead of his promised bride. Moschione first consulted with his friends, and then answered, I demand as much gold and precious stones as my followers can carry away. The king thought he was being let off very easily and produced coffers of gold, sacks of silver, and chests of precious stones. But the more Strongback was loaded with the treasure, the straighter he stood. At last, the treasury was quite exhausted, and the king had to send the courtiers to his subjects to collect all the gold and silver they possessed. But nothing was of any avail, and Strongback only asked for more. When the king's counselors saw the unexpected result of their advice, they said it would be more than foolish to let some strolling thieves take so much treasure out of the country, and urged the king to send a troop of soldiers after them to recover the gold and precious stones. So the king sent a body of armed men on foot and horse to take back the treasure Strongback was carrying away with him. But Hare's ear who had heard what the counselors had advised the king, told his companions, 
just as the dust of their pursuers was visible on the horizon. No sooner had Blowblast taken in their danger than he raised such a mighty wind that all the king's army was blown down like so many nine pins. And as they were quite unable to get up again, Moschione and his companions proceeded on their way without further let or hindrance. As soon as they reached his home, Moschione divided his spoil with his companions, at which they were much delighted. He himself stayed with his father, who was obliged at last to acknowledge that his son was not quite such a fool as he looked.